You're listening to Heather Solves Everything, a show about discovering strengths and solving problems. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where I take credit for solving your problems by introducing you to smart people with good ideas. It's also a place where you can press pause, get reoriented in life, and discover what living in balance means for you. Each week on this show, I try to bring you an episode that sheds some light on some of the universal issues that a lot of us who might identify as overachievers face in life. Things like maximizing our potential, challenging our own status quo, figuring out how to balance work, life, and play. I believe that we are all the expert on ourselves, but we're always better when we learn from each other. And that's what I look forward to doing today because I've invited Kevin Keppel to the show today. He's a Gallup certified strengths coach. I've got questions about that. He works with leaders, teaching them how to unlock their leadership code by leveraging their unique genius. Wouldn't that be nice? Guess what? Your genius is right in there waiting for you. It it might come out today. We'll see. I'm also excited because Kevin and I share some common hobbies and interests, including hiking. If you look at his Instagram, you'll see beautiful pictures of mountains and trails, endurance sports, and being one of those super motivated and positive people in the world who want to help others feel alive and happy and content. And so I'd like to say welcome to the show, Kevin. What's up, Heather? Thanks for having me. Pumped (laughs) to be here. Are you ready to solve everything? Got lots of problems for you to solve. Glad we're here. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Okay, one of the first reasons why I wanted to talk with you is because I send so many clients to the Gallup Strengths Finders quiz, the free online quiz that anybody can take. And I'm curious about what they discover. And we can take those that information and start using it to do my favorite thing, which is helping people create a life vision based on uh, what's going well in life and what they want to bring it in. When I saw that you were certified as a strengths coach, I was curious about what that means and how we can really discover our true strengths. Yeah. So what it means, technically speaking, is I sat through 40 hours of classroom with uh, the fine folks from Gallup and uh, went through their certification course, which uh, which was great, of course, because I learned a lot of cool things about strengths, which the whole reason I was there is because I wanted to learn more because I was fascinated with it. And the re- reason that I was so fascinated with this assessment, it totally unlocked my freedom by taking this and really seeing. I think the big aha for me was I finally had permission to not try and be good at everything. Because, <laughs> not that I was by any means, but I, you know, I was, you know, and I was, what do we do? We look at other people and, you know, we compare ourselves, you know, in, in the past, right? That was me. I'd look at other people and I would feel one of two ways, right? You don't look at other people to compare and like, oh, we're just alike, right? We're equal. It's like either inferior or superior and like a huge, massive disconnect. And really I, for a long time, like I would look at the people I was close to, like my brother, 
he's two years older, but I always like joke around with him, joke, but not joke. I'm like, dude, you're born like 70 years old. Like he's wise, he's mature, he's responsible. And I'm like, not those things, especially when I was a young Kevin. And it's not that I'm not, you know, talented at certain things. Like he can't make a decision on the fly like I can. And, you know, I'm just not patient and methodical like he is. And, but ready, fire, aim has served me really well. And then, you know, even that phrase makes his head want to explode because that's irresponsible. <laughs> and, you know, he's such a great guy. He's so successful, but he's successful his way. And for the longest time, I was trying to win his way. And because of that, I kept finding myself coming up short and doing things I didn't want to be doing, quite frankly. Like, you know, like he loves to fish and uh, I think I might've just nodded off saying the word fishing, but uh, you know what? It's not for me and that's okay. Like we don't have to like all the same things, but I took this assessment and actually worked in financial services when I first took this. And, you know, as a financial planner, like I was really successful and, you know, more or less a sales role in a lot of uh, facets. And I love people. I love helping people get what they want. I love helping people, you know, create more and because of the work that we do together. And I just, I don't know if despise is too strong of a word, but maybe not even strong enough. I despise Excel. I don't want to spend time doing the numbers and all that. And as a financial planner, I used to feel like bad about myself because I didn't want to. But, you know, after really taking this assessment, I realized like, that's just not how I'm built. And, and that's okay. And so really just, you know, permission to be the perfection that God made me, not this version of perfection that, you know, the faux version of perfection that society shoves on us and uh, force feeds us uh, through you know, social media or whatever. What did you discover were your true strengths? You know, like there's quite a few. And I mean, we could spend all day talking about me. It's one of my favorite subjects. Um, joke. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think one of the really big initial ahas to me, you know, like I said, I worked in finance and I would find myself quite often looking around and everybody wasn't so excited about things as I was. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just turn that down a little bit. I don't need to be so like bright and excited and positivity is my number two strength. And, you know, that is a really massive superpower to have a good attitude. And for so many different reasons, not just to have a good attitude, but to get things started, it takes an incredible amount of energy to find the good and the hard to keep things going. And, you know, I was turning that down when I should have been leaning into it and turning it up. And so like just positivity, you know, I didn't realize that's a massive superpower used in the right ways. And, you know, like my number one strength, uh, used the word earlier, maximize, you know, maximizer is my number one strength. I love to find, you know, what awesome er looks like, whether it's a person I'm working with as a coach or, you know, a project I'm working on, like what does, you know, absolute version of elite look like with this, you know, person situation, et cetera. And it's so simple to get there, but the things that we do really well, we naturally just assume that everybody else can do them and everybody else can see what we're seeing. And on top of that, we assume that they know all the stuff that we know and they know what we, they know. So like, there's like, Oh my gosh, they know everything I know and what they know. And then that comparison game kicks in, which is not true. Like the things that are easy for you, that's probably a good indicator. You know, that's some, you know, potential area of like a mastery for you that can come pretty readily if you just lean into it a little bit and strength finders really get highlights that for you. I um, always ask people about what they consider themselves to be good at, or if I ask one of their friends what their what they bring to the table. You know, what would they say? You know, how would somebody else describe you? And a lot of times, it's easier for somebody to discover their strengths when they are looking at themselves through somebody else's eyes, especially somebody who actually cares about them and likes them <laughs> and would give them compliments. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you choose the right audience. Right. (laughs) 
you know, we're often told to rely on our strengths, you know, focus on your strengths, focus on what you're good at. But a lot of people don't really know what that is. What do you know from your experience is a way to go about discovering what your strengths might be? Sure. Well, of course, Strength Finders, which has been rebranded Clifton Strengths Assessment for anybody who's listening. Um, but I love what you suggested. That's something I also recommend to people. It's like, you know, ask the people who, you know, in your life that, you know, you, you spend time with that, you know, really see you and, you know, that are going to, everybody's going to have some sort of bias and bias doesn't have to be a negative thing. But if you ask five people and you're hearing the same kind of five things just said differently, like probably pretty good indicator, you know, there's a strength there. And like, just like, what do you do that you notice that's really easy for you that doesn't seem that easy for other people? And what are you doing that like just gives you really good energy and you feel like you, you know, you're lit up even thinking about it. Potential strengths lie in that. And, you know, like two of the simplest questions that we should all be asking of ourselves, like every single day, no matter what it is you're about to do, whether you're about to do brain surgery or, you know, drive the kids to school, like these two questions need to be answered next. Like, what do I want? And why do I want it? And like the, what is like the, you know, what am I passionate about creating here? You know, if it's taking the kids to school, I'm passionate about getting them there safely. Why? You know, the purpose is the why, like, why? Because, you know, that's how, you know, I, evolve my family or whatever, you know? So what do you want? That's what am I passionate about creating right now? And then why? I think those are really important questions. And I like the idea of asking yourself those questions throughout the course of the day, because we go through the motions so often in life of just, you know, keep doing the things, doing the things, doing the things. And I I like asking, what's the purpose of this? What What is the outcome that I need from this? And especially in my work in health coaching, I, I talk with people a lot about their relationship with movement and exercise in their lives. And plenty of people feel like I need to go to the gym. I need to do this workout. I need to do like a HIIT workout or I need to do run for, you know, train a marathon or, you know, do these things. And then when you ask, what is the purpose of that? Like, to what end? When you start to dig into why is this important to me? And like, what do I want from this? Suddenly, you know, you, you might notice that you're on a path that is not getting you to where you want to go. And I think until we take the time to really press pause and explore those questions, a lot of us are traveling a path that you know, is not going to lead to where we really want to be. It, it'll get us somewhere, you know, but it might be what we thought we would want to do when we were 20 or what, you know, other people want us to do. So I think it's really important to take those times to indulge yourself in what do I want from this and why? And if you're not excited about that and it doesn't click with you or have some type of a light bulb moment, um, you know, it's time to reevaluate. Yeah. Well, I think that is such a profound point. You know, so many people make decisions and they're static. It's like, I made this decision and now I'm going to work to prove myself right for decades. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, dude, like that's one of the guarantees we get in life, you know, like death, taxes and change, right? You're going to die. You're going to pay taxes and things are going to change, right? Can guarantee you all three of those things. So just, you know, make a new decision. I think like I'd be curious on your viewpoint on this, but I would imagine it's probably parallel in some form. You know, it's like what and why two great questions, but people get like sideways and tripped up and trying to add in a third question. Like, okay, this is what I want. This is why I want it. And they try to add in the how, 
well, this is how, but how I can't do, I can't see it. I haven't done this. I'm like, exactly though. If you're creating something like you've never done this. And if you say how you just created an expectation and expectations, like one way to win. I, I think you're right. That is a tripping hazard. There's a time for that question, but it doesn't have to be in the moment that you're having the idea. You know, the, the how becomes obvious once you've really connected with the why. Yeah. And then it, it, the, the steps write themselves. Yeah. And Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning, like, you know, one of the most famous self-help books from decades ago, you know, when he was in Auschwitz, he's like, the people who survived had a why. That's why they survived. And he has this great quote, when your why is big enough, the how will emerge. Absolutely. So I think that's a brilliant thought. It's like, yeah. you know, the ego has to know how, though. How, how, how? I'm curious to know, you know, you shared a little bit about, you know, your relationship with your brother and having, you know, that kind of dichotomy be a, an inspiration point for you to discover your strengths. How did you get into the business of helping others identify their strengths and then build on them? Yeah. Um, well, I woke up when I was a baby and I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And that's how I got here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, um, after college, I worked in um, like various professional sales types of roles. I worked in enterprise software for a while and a couple other industries. And like, I love sales because you know what, like I'll always bet on me, you know, and you don't have, you know, this set number that you're earning. And that's great for some people. It's not for others, but for me, that's really conducive. And I kept, you know, quote unquote winning in my sales roles and you get promoted when you're winning. And I was the director of sales and a financial services company and I was winning the trips and getting to hang out and doing all the cool stuff. And like the more I made, the less happy I seemed to be. And that was like that law of diminishing returns. But I didn't understand. I'm like, I'm getting everything I ever wanted, you know, the money. Right. And I remember getting a big check once and like not a big check, like I won the master's golf tournament, but, uh, you know, direct deposit that was large. Um, to me at the time, at least. And, uh, I was really empty. Like I couldn't think of one thing that I wanted to buy. And I was like, you know what, if this was had more zeros on it, I still wouldn't be happy. Like no amount of money is going to make me happy. And like, I already kind of knew that. I just hadn't admitted it to myself yet. And I, you know, Stephen Covey and seven habits, highly effective people is like, make sure your ladder is leaned up against the right wall. If right. you're going to cl- climb the ladder of success, make sure it's a ladder you, you want to be on. And I was really disheartened and I was working with the business coach at the time. And he, so funny. He'd been in the secret service for almost 30 years before we worked together. And he was very good at being still and looking right through you. He's like, all right, Kevin, it's like great voice. You know, he's like, tell me what you like about your job. And I was like, well, let me tell you, I love this. And I love this. Right. And he's like, all right, man, hang on. You done yet? Like, I think so. And he said, I think he said love like 18 times, but I don't think you like your job, dude. And I don't think he called me dude, but whatever word he used. And uh, I go, what do you mean? And, you know, like, he's like, dude, you want to look me in the eye. You're, you're all over the place. Your body language changed. Your tone's changed. He's like, now look at you. And I was like, sunk down in the chair, like under the table almost. Like, yeah, that's weird. And he's like, well, what, let, uh, let's, let's back up. What do you like? And I really like, like, as the director of sales, I got to do a lot of training. I have to do a lot of mentoring for the people on my team. And I really like helping people be more without making them feel like less. Right. Be more of the, you know, greatness that they naturally are without making them feel like less. And so long story short, my coach is like, 
I think you'd be much happier as a coach. And, you know, limiting beliefs kick in. I'm like, I don't want to struggle and all this. And so I um, finally listened after not too much arm twisting. And I really didn't know how to start being a coach. Um, but uh, I was checking out LinkedIn and I found a opportunity with a multi-billion dollar international company that's actually based here in Dallas where I'm at. And uh, they needed a national sales and leadership coach as long as I would agree to move to Chicago. I'm like, sure, I've heard of Chicago. I've been there once. And uh, I think if I get cold there once in a while, but I'll check it out. And so I worked for them for three years and I got uh, to just get really good at helping people, you know, step into their genius and unlock their freedom and uh, and stepped out on my own and uh, happily ever after. I love how once you identified, even if it was held up for you by somebody else and you were made to to bring your gaze to it and they said, look at this thing, this this could be it for you. And once you acknowledged that and said, yeah, that that could be a thing, the opportunities show up. And I think that there's no coincidence in that. And for all of us, when we're brave enough to look outside of where we are and brave enough to not have all of the pieces make sense. I talked with somebody this morning who was looking back on everything she's done in her career up to this point, and she's trying to connect them together so that it makes a good, like it makes sense, you know, like, well, this led to this and this led to that. And now I'm here. It's like, well, it's it's nice if that happens, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can have a bunch of different experiences that don't make any sense at all and still really like where you are yeah. and still really be in the right place. Yeah. I mean, it does whatever, you know, happen, happen. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah. how you look at it. It's still the story that brought you to this point today. And like one piece that, you know, I, I didn't mention in there, um, kind of what we were working on some stuff. My coach is like, hey, didn't you tell me uh, you took that strength funders from Gallup? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what are your strengths? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Let me go grab that off the shelf and blow the dust off of that thing. And he looked at me and he's like, dude, like if this is your greatest potential areas for exceptional performance, don't you think you should take the time to memorize it? I was like, don't talk to me when you're right like that, you know? <laughs> um, but I have that same conversation with so many of my clients. Like I work with so many amazing people that are, like a lot of them are crushing it, you know, making multiples of six figures, even seven figures. Right. And, and I'm like, Hey, you know, remind me your top five strengths. Like, even if I've got it right in front of me, I like to ask the question because like nine times out of 10, it's like, Oh, hold on. Let me go look through my phone. Let me go look through the papers on my desk. I'm like, man, these are your greatest potential areas for elite performance. You know, a la my coach, like, don't you think we should take that on and memorize them? And, you know, it's like, dude, if we met like, you know, Wonder Woman walking down the street and we're like, hey, what kind of superpowers do you have? She starts looking through her phone before she tells us about her golden lasso. That'd be awkward. Oh, wow. What a fun idea. A superhero walking down the sidewalk and you ask, hey, what are your superpowers? And they don't know. Awkward. You're right. I mean, that should be the type of thing that just rolls right off our tongue. Like we should know what our superpowers are. And I know that you know I have strengths that I rely on. But if somebody asked what my superpower is, I mean, I have my 30 second elevator 
you know, spiel. I'll, I help people connect with the elements of their lives that help them live in balance. Okay. That's your mission statement. But, but how do you do that? And I think we all have something within us that is a superpower, but we haven't identified it. I wonder when you work with your clients, do you ever come across somebody who discovers what their strengths are and they're surprised? Yes and no. Like a lot of times, like people will take the assessment and they're like, well, that's this, this, I got these results, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. And once we kind of go through it and they understand how it may show up, uh, that usually eliminates that. And they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's me actually. And really, it's cool. There's a cool thought. Um, they used to teach like years ago. They don't teach it anymore, but it was called the balcony in the basement. And it's basically like your blind spots. And it's really cool because our strengths are natural sources of power and, you know, power is indifferent, right? Like gravity is great. It's very powerful. It keeps me from floating away to the moon when I walk down the street. But if I jump off the roof of my house, it's going to smash me into the ground. It's not like benevolent or malicious. It's just going the way I direct it. And it's the same with my strengths. Like when I'm, you know, using them in ways that are based in love, right? And not romantic love, but unconditional love, you know, just a love for, you know, humanity or whatever you want to call it. Like good things happen. And if I'm coming from fear, which everything in life is motivated by fear or love, you know, if you kind of break it down to its essence, if I'm coming from fear, like then that's the basement, right? And I'm basically going to war with myself. And it's not because my strength's malicious. It's just because it's being directed, you know, and a forceful way towards myself. And it's really nice to have that too. When you have somebody who may have uh, challenges uh, choosing love over fear, let's say, because you know, if I tell you, Hey, you know, the way you're showing up is really crappy and you're kind of, you know, making everybody angry and you're really giving away all your power. Like a lot of people get defensive, especially if the ego's involved already. And, you know, then it's like fight or flight and there's no real creation. It's just reaction. But if, you know, like we're going through the balcony basement document, I'm like, Hey, read me the the basement on this strength. What do you think? And I'm like, "Mm, I think I might be in the basement on this one. You know, that insight's really cool because that sight from within is totally different than me, you know, trying to cram, you know, my perspective, which is all it, all it is down in the throat. So a really cool gift. What do you think is the most underrated strength that people don't give enough value to? Oh my gosh. What a great question, Heather. <laughs> it's very rare that I'm asked something that I wasn't even thinking about. Oh gosh. So one of the things that I love to do when I teach this is a exercise called love, crazy, uh, love, crazy envy. And, you know, it's basically you take one of your top strengths that you love and then you tell everybody about why. And then you think, you know, one that drives you crazy that's in your top strengths and you tell everybody why. And a lot of times it's the same, same strength, you know, love, hate, right? But then I'm like, all right, pick one that's not in the top strengths. And like Gallup taught me this. So I'm sure a lot of people are doing this, but, you know, pick one that's not in the top. And I don't love the word envy. So I say that you wish was higher, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite often, like the ones that people wish were higher are the same ones that drive people crazy. And so like, it's people always want what they don't have more or less. And so I, I think one of the probably most unappreciated, but super appreciated at the same time, it could be harmony. Harmony or empathy would probably be the two. And, um, you know, harmony is number 34 for me, which doesn't mean it's a weakness. That's a number 34 is the last number on the assessment. Um, it just means it's least expressed in me. And like, 
you know, harmony doesn't mean I can't get along with anybody. It just means that because of the way that I'm built up top, like I have activator activators, like dude, just jump off the cliff, build your wings on the way down, you know, Johnny Carson. Right. And it's like, I don't need a lot of information to get started because of that, you know, I have a lot of harmony, but I can still do it. It's just not natural. And a lot of the people that get sideways with harmony, I'm like, what is it that, that you're not liking about this? And they're like, well, I don't want to be all like warm and fuzzy. I want to be powerful. I'm like, well, cool. I have a good, good case study for you. My brother has harmony at number three, and he's never been accused of being warm and fuzzy. Not one time in his life, I guarantee you. But, you know, harmony is like a really good negotiator is usually kind of how that manifests. Really good at getting people to see what you're seeing. And like once people really understand it, then they like kind of fall in love with it, right? Because it's just a perspective. And then empathy, a lot of people who see empathy like really high. Or even at 34, 34 is really common to see empathy. They're like, is that bad? I'm like, yeah, that means you're a serial killer. That's really bad. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. It just means you're not like super empathetic. It doesn't mean you don't have empathy, you know? And like, but the people have it really high. Like I have, you know, some great coaches that uh, work as part of my team. And, you know, one of them, she has empathy at number one. And, you know, it used to be really hard for her because, people with empathy can feel everything, feel everything that's happening in the whole room, you know, or even on TV or whatever. And then they walk away from that and they're still carrying everybody's like baggage. And so just learning to identify like, Hey, are these my feelings or are they somebody else's? And just like that one like thought you now helps her release so much. And now it's like, I love our Monday meetings because she is so intentional about showing up with a good attitude. Like even thinking about it makes me feel good, you know? And that's like the positive superpower effect of empathy when you can literally make people feel good just by showing up and just being you like what a beautiful gift. And so long answer to a short question. Oh, it's wonderful. I think that it's a lot of fun to think about what, when you look at your strengths, which do you wish was higher? Allow your ego to kind of come in a little bit and be honest with you and, and look that in the eye. I remember doing a, a strengths assessment at some point, and I don't remember exactly which characteristics were listed, but I do remember having that feeling of, oh man, I wish this was higher. Like, like a good coach would have this really high and I don't. So I must not be good at what I do. And of course, you know, that's just really fear-based thinking, you know, that is, you know, kind of coming from a, a place of comparison um, and looking for deficiencies. And um, once you notice that type of thinking, you can, you know, switch it off and shift gears and get back into a more positive mindset and see things accurately. Um, but I love the idea of challenging you know, which, which one do you love? You know, which do you wish was higher? Which do you, which are you not super pumped about and wish wasn't there at all? Uh, that's a, I think that's a really fun idea to pursue. Yeah. Well, it's really cool to help people too, when you do that in a group, because other people get to see each other in such a different way, but they don't really appreciate each other. And it builds a lot more empathy and compassion for the group because, you know, like we all know that everybody's different from us. Fundamentally, we understand that, but we don't always execute it. Like we look at the world through their eyes as ourselves, which isn't really the point. And this gives us such a granular look at the patterns of behavior that people are looking at the world. And to your point of like, I don't have this, so I'm not a good coach. Like, you know, a lot of the people that I get to serve are leaders and like, well, I don't have a lot of influencing strengths because there's four domains. There's influencing, executing, relationship building, strategic thinking. I'm like, yeah, but that's just not your leadership style. You know, those are all leadership styles. It's just yours is different. You lead through relationships or you lead through getting stuff done or you lead through, you know, thinking, you know, powerfully or whatever the case may be. It's not better or worse. It's just different. 
I often find that the ones that don't quite fit the mold are the ones that create the most change. So having the same strengths as everybody else in the room, it's kind of boring. And I, I'm fine with being a little bit different. Yeah, dude, Seth Godin, he had this great quote, you'll never be creative making copies. Mm -hmm. Well said. Mm -hmm. So speaking of quotes, you've got something on your website that I noticed that really got my attention. And as an empath, it stayed in my mind because I was really kind of soaking into this idea. And then after I read it, I had a couple of conversations with people where the same type of concept showed up in the conversation and um kind of made me chuckle because I thought, oh, wow, great. I want to ask Kevin about this. And now like I've had two confirming, affirming mm. conversations that have, that have raised it up. And the sentence is that um, the idea that FOMO, fear of missing out is creeping in because you feel like life is shooting by you and you are not an active participant. And when I read that and I thought about the the feeling of missing out, the fear of missing out, because life is speeding by and I'm not participating in it. And that's something that you work with your clients on. And I'm curious to know what you recommend as a solution. Yeah, well, I mean, make sure that uh, you're living the life you do want to live. And, you know, that was uh, autobiographical sentence that I wrote because I kept finding myself winning, quote unquote, winning, you know, someone else's way. I was, you know, creating somebody else's version of success. And like, you know, I knew I was in the wrong place. I remember being on a trip when working in financial space and we were in this like meeting and there was like, I don't know, a couple hundred people in there and it was about tax codes. My dad was a CPA. Like, I love my dad. What a great guy, you know, but I don't want to be a CPA. And everybody seemed really excited about this. And I'm like, okay, did I miss like this whole something because like i'm looking for like the best way to get out of here and everybody else is like like we're watching the best movie that's ever been made i'm like okay like there must be something wrong with me because like i'm not enjoying this at all and and like i knew that i was capable of so much more but i couldn't find any passion i couldn't find any purpose in what i was doing so like literally the, like the law of diminishing returns was like kicking in and like i felt like every day i'm getting a little dumber like i don't know what's happening i'm regressing and it was like, you know, knowing what I know now, like I wasn't even like satisfying one piece of that full intrinsic motivational stack that, you know, constitutes drive. There was no curiosity. I didn't care about anything that I didn't want to learn anymore. There was definitely no passion. And the purpose was there. Like, I, I want to help people have more, but you know, the first two pieces were missing. I felt like I didn't have any autonomy. I didn't have any freedom to do what I wanted to do and very little mastery because I didn't really care about getting better. I mean, I, I did because I wanted to serve the client, but everything felt like such a heavy lift, lift. And I felt like I had long ago gotten the square peg crammed in this round hole and got it stuck. And now I was just jumping up and down on it, making sure that nothing would ever go through it behind it. And like, I knew that I was giving away so much like horsepower so much, like just like soul satisfaction. And I was really, really frustrated and it's so dangerous when you're in that place because it's like your cup's already full and you're just waiting on somebody to bump into you. And then something spills out all over and that you don't want to spill out all over them, like anger or, you know, the BCDs, right? The blame, the complain, the defend. And like, man, there's just no peace. And then life's meant to be enjoyed. And, you know, the the best way you're going to enjoy it's when you're growing and you're giving constantly, you know, the more we grow, the more we get to give. And like, that's the whole deal. 
when you were telling that story about sitting there and wondering, is this it? And feeling like I'm losing my life here. Like I'm sitting here and I'm supposed to be doing these things, but I'm not, I'm not into this. I had in my mind the scene from Back to the Future when he has the picture of his family and <laughs> they're starting to disappear one by one. And like they're, they're like vanishing from the picture. I felt like I could see you vanishing from your picture. And then once you kind of snapped out of that and got into what you're really good at and what your passions are, the picture becomes complete again. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah, that's exactly what it felt like. That's yeah. so good. Well, I'm excited about this. And guys, just so you know, I'm going to be doing a strength finders, a, um, an, an assessment so that I can reconnect with what my strengths really are. It's been a long time since I've really tapped into it. I've been on autopilot for too long and I am going to follow up and let you guys know how that goes. And Kevin, if others are interested in connecting with you for that purpose, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, KevinKeppel.us probably or. Instagram, my name, LinkedIn, all the places. Okay. And we've got links to all of Kevin's contact information in the show notes. So you can look for him online. And that's Kevin Keppel, K-E-P-P-L-E. And um, Kevin, this has been a lot of fun. I think we've solved a lot of problems today. What do you think? Hopefully. I'm definitely straightened out and better for the conversation. So thanks, Heather. (laughs) Really appreciate you. Thanks for being here today. It's been a lot of fun. I remember sitting at my desk at my job, trying to be really into it. And I wasn't. I was so not into it. I was good at my job, but I didn't really care. I was in that spot where Kevin was, where he felt like he was missing his life trying to follow this script that somebody else had written. And when he clicked out of that and into what he was truly passionate about, the pieces fell together and the opportunities started to show up. And I wonder, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you're disappearing from your own picture? You don't have to. You can connect with what you're really passionate about and what you're really good at. And the first step is discovering your true strengths. Guys, I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun. Life is way better when you're doing something that you truly care about and you're actually good at. And it's not as elusive as it feels. And I'd love to help you find it. And so would Kevin. So reach out and let us know how we can help. And as always, I'm glad you tuned in today. I hope that you got something from this episode, something that you are looking forward to implementing in your life. And I hope something great happens for you today. I'm Healthy Heather, and I'm always here to help you solve everything. To connect with Heather and find out more about today's show, just look for Heather Solves Everything on Facebook and Instagram. With a little help from your friends, you can solve everything too.